I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. are back with a 4th of July edition of Bully Ball Podcast with Jason Aponte and Steph Sanchez. Steph, what's up? What's going on? Happy 4th. Happy 4th. Or uh, Joey Chestnut Day, for those that observe. Um, oh, we ready to see a legend. <laughs> I'm ready to see a legend dominate. And when we think about athletes at the top of their game, literally dominating, you think Michael Phelps, Michael Jordan. Mike Tyson at a certain point. But Joy Chestnut never gets brought up. And I don't think that right. people appreciate how incredible it is that he's able to eat that many hot dogs while it being incredibly gross. So here's the way that we're going to start this one. At a, at a cookout, I prefer my hot dog a little bit more burnt. Closer to the burnt side. It's probably the best way to eat it, right? Like yeah, how burnt? burnt? Like I feel like I need burnt. like a scale. A little burnt. A little burnt. It's got to have a little black on it. A little burnt. It's got to be crispy. Okay. At what point is the hot dog threshold crossed into gross? Because for me, it's two, three the most. After that, everything after that is is gluttony and gross. What do you think, Steph? Oh, like amount of hot dogs you would eat? Yeah, like while you're eating at a cookout, right? Like, like I can have two or Honestly, three good like ones. Honestly, like one. Like I, I one. eat hot dogs. <laughs> wow. I could eat. I could eat one. Like if it's like one of the only things at the cookout, like I'm mm-hmm. eat it, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, I'll probably just have one, unless it's like just fire. One. Like if it's like a really good, uh, like sausage, then you know I that might 
get so, but breaking news Steph hates hot dogs. Um, but and also, I don't quantify Italian sausages or anything like that, you know, true as, as a hot dog, not really a hot dog. Yeah, I'm not a big hot dog fan, and I'm with you. I think I would want it more on the crispy side just because that gives it some of the flavor. And I don't want any of the like, oh, I microwave this, I boiled this flavor, you know. I and don't like look, to be fair, coming from the place that originated dirty water dogs in New York, right? Like literally you can what walk up to a stand, they boil them, they're dirty fine, but nothing like a good grilled hot dog that's like crispy and burnt. Yeah. What is a dirty water dog though? So in New York when you're walking around anywhere, you'll see a stand that's like has a suppressed stand and there's just a guy there and he he literally just right. takes it out of the water and he and he pops it in there. It's fine. It works. Um, but yeah, those do- pale in comparison to grilled hot dogs. So, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. No boiled hot dogs for stuff. That's what we learned. All right. Well, thank you guys we for joining. Make sure we, you- we missed you last week, Jay. Missed you. Uh, it doesn't sound like you did. Sound like you guys had like a cracking episode, and you were like, no, Man, I told, so I told Rob it wouldn't be the same without him." Oh uh, wow! Well, I'm well, well. Rob. Love you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for for tuning in on this uh, July Fourth. Uh, make sure you guys like this video on all three channels. Subscribe to all three channels, and make sure you subscribe to the Gold Standard Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcast. Steph. We're getting closer to, to training camp time, and uh, plans are being made for the joint practices as well, too, Steph. So you better you better get in the loop, man. You better get in the loop because 7 a.m. practices, 7 a.m. practices in Las Vegas, James Richard Garoppolo, and then the day is ours after noon. Like, the day is ours for that entire time that we're there. I'm not staying for the game, by the way. We're getting um, goofy. Oh, off. <laughs> New boot goofing. For uh, the the initiated, um, but yeah, you know, there's not so much to talk about right now, right? Uh, there's guys just doing press tours. I think it was important that we highlight that George Kittle and DeForest Buckner won the Beer Olympics with Busting with the Boys. I think that's something that we should really talk about. Um, shout out to you, DeForest. You're still a 49er at heart. Just realize that you know you're only gonna win when you're paired up with a 49er. The Colts thing, just forget that. That's done. Like you know, it's it's over. I'm sorry, and I know that wasn't your decision, but. Um, I guess we should start with, you know what? Let's start with the gossip first. So there was a quote that came out on Pro Football Talk, and mm-hmm. it's from former 49er legend Richie James, who, while he was here, flashed a little bit at times and then moved on to the New York Giants and actually last year carved out a nice little role with the New mm-hmm. York Giants, so much so that he signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. And he has some interesting things to say about Andy Reid and his offense. And you know what? I know we don't do the clickbait stuff, whatever it is, but you know what? I think it's kind of fun to talk about this because then we can compare it to a coach as well too. But he said that he's loving everything. Hold on. Let me me get this closer. He said that he's loving everything, the opportunity, and he has in front of him. Playing for Reid is at the top of that list. It's very similar offenses talking about the Giants and what what the Chiefs do. And you got the smartest and greatest head coach you can possibly ask for. Steph, I'll start with this. Why does Richie James hate Kyle Shanahan? <laughs> um, look, man, I, I don't think this quote is any, you know, knock on Kyle. And mm. I don't think you can really argue with what 
uh, Richie James is saying. I mean, Andy Reid has won two Super Bowls Mm -hmm. with the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, he is one of the best, you know, head coaches that we have, one of the best offensive play callers that we have in the NFL right now. Probably on the list of all time as well. So I, it doesn't bother me that he's saying this. I don't think it's a knock on Kyle Shanahan. I don't even think Richie James was thinking about Kyle when he said this. Uh, I definitely still think that Kyle is up there. But let's face it, he hasn't won Super Bowls, and like that's always going to be the knock on Kyle until he does it, right? You, you're not going to be in that conversation of one of the greatest of all time as far as like play callers go. Unless you get you win the dance, you know what I mean. So, you know, I I don't take any offense by it. It's just it's just the truth of of uh, you know it's our reality right now. And it's just funny to hear that he's already the smartest and greatest head coach, and you just had an OTAs with him. Yeah, that's all you've had. But I do want to point out some things for people that when they point out Andy Reid and they're like, look at him and he's won. Yeah, well. He has Patrick Mahomes kind of helps your kind of helps your play calling a little bit. Right. Like when you call a play and Patrick Mahomes is able to save you and throw the ball down the field. Um, Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan have very similar paths before they find their guy. The one thing that Andy Reid did and has continued to do better than Kyle Shanahan is evaluate the quarterback position and be able to understand how to put. But also. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill's running past everyone. That personnel matters. I don't think anybody ever doubted Andy Reid's scheme in Philadelphia. I mean, Donovan McNabb put up his best years those years. They made four straight NFC title games. Um, Largely, the knock on Andy Reid, stop me if you've heard this before, can't get it done in the big game, not good with time management, play calling is suspect in certain spots. I just think it's funny how quickly the narrative has shifted because you get the ring. And this is literally what will happen to Kyle Shanahan once this happens, right? Yeah, that's all it is. And and one thing I want to point out, what the Chiefs did in the Super Bowl was exactly what the 49ers were going to do to them with motion, especially in the second half. The Eagles were terrible against motion, bottom of the league. And they obliterated them to the point where when they ran motion with Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, they had no idea where the where the ball was. And boom, wide open guys. Literally, that's what Kyle was about to do if he was able to have a quarterback who can throw the football the entire game. And Andy Reid figured that out. Look, Richie James means no harm to Kyle Shanahan by saying this at all. He's just excited. I spoke to Jerick McKinnon at the Super Bowl. He was praising him through the roof. You know why? He scored nine receiving touchdowns. Jerick McKinnon basically was a cog in this offense, and he he was having some of his best time with Andy Reid. Andy Reid's a great coach. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid's a great coach. Let's not. And, and I think that there's only five coaches in the NFL that I would replace Kyle Shanahan with. Everybody else, not a chance. Those guys are Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, and I, I, I'm losing the fifth one. Um, so maybe just four for now. I'm sure I'm missing somebody off the top of my head. But I didn't really take too much from this. But I do think it's funny that Kyle and Andy have had similar paths right mm-hmm. now 
and they understand defenses in a similar way because the Eagles did it, what they did to the Eagles in the Super Bowl was exactly what Kyle was about to do to them in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, and you said it, they do have very similar paths, and I do think eventually, and I've said it before, like Kyle is going to get his ring, you know, uh, eventually, and when that time comes, he is going to be in that conversation right there with Andy. But it took Andy a while, right? Like he – He's a lot older than Kyle is right now. He's been doing it a lot longer than Kyle has, you know. So all that plays a part too, you know. You got to go through your your lumps and bruises and your losses. And we know Andy Reid does have those, but it wasn't until he won those rings that all of that got uh, absolved pretty much. And now you're talking about him being one of the greatest ever. And if, like you said, it helps to have Patrick Mahomes, right? You're not doing a ring around the rosy before you snap the ball, you know, unless you know Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. Let's let's just say that. But uh, you know, Kyle, I'm not making an excuse for Kyle either, and I'm not dogging on him either. You know, he has a great cast uh, on this roster. Like this roster is built great. But yes, the only thing that's been missing is the quarterback position. So hopefully, that gets figured out, right? And, and to Steph's point, personnel helps a lot, man. Tyreek Hill is outrunning guys. Like, But again, what Andy did was take chances on raw prospects. You took a chance on Patrick Mahomes, who people were afraid of being raw. He sat for a year, and now look at the, the fruits of your labor. Tyreek Hill had like 10 catches in college. You just bet on his speed, and now he's one of the best in the league, and it helps. So, again, it's just for someone who is so gifted – offensively play designing on defense. What, what Kyle does so well is he knows your defensive rules and he plays to the defensive rules that you know, and uses them against you. Meaning I am going to put this person in conflict. So they go back to what they have to do, but it's going to be to my advantage because this player is going to spring open because of those things. All of that can be true, but for somebody who is so good at so many things, rallying the team, winning games, building rosters, offensively creating offense, the quarterback position continues to be the one thing that he cannot get right. And in this league, when you don't get that right, that's what holds you back. So that's the difference between Andy Reid right now and Kyle Shanahan is that Andy Reid took a chance on Patrick Mahomes, got it done, and now look, every year AFC Championship, every year Super Bowl, whatever it is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. That's kind of leads us into our next topic. And 
David Lombardi wrote a great article on The Athletic about the spending uh, for each position for the 49ers and where they rank in the NFL. So Trey Lance doesn't really cost much. Sam Donald doesn't cost much. Brock Purdy doesn't cost anything. He's not even one of the top 52 cap hits on this team. But as of right now, the 49ers have spent, and this is a little surprising to me, $16.3 million in money is number 14 in the NFL. And I have to feel like that's only because Trey Lance was the number three overall pick. Mm-hmm. Because if they had it their way, and this was maybe a year or two ahead, this number would be even lower. And then you look around, number five, obviously $15.3 million. That's a lot of Christian McCaffrey money right there. Number 24, $22 million. That's all Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk hasn't been paid yet. Jawan Jennings still makes under a million dollars per year. Ray Ray McLeod, same thing, very small. Tight end, number one, 23.6. George Kittle makes a lot of money. Offensive line, number 17, 43.9. Well, they didn't sign Mike McGrinchy, and that's a lot of Trent Williams. Everybody else is on basic deals, basically, or rookie deals in some way. And this makes, this makes perfect sense. Defensive line, number one. And they haven't even signed Nick Bosa yet. They haven't even signed Nick Bosa yet. So that number is going to skyrocket. Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, both of those guys make big money. Linebacker number 19, 23.3. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. That's it pretty much at this point. And Fred already got paid. Dre hasn't been paid yet. They extended him. And that is a cheap deal, that extension. They did it right before on the heels of him breaking out basically this year. DB's 23.1. That's all Charberry's work. Diamandu Lenore, Ambry Thomas, Isaiah Oliver. All of those guys, uh, Darrell Luter, all of them are just either on regular deals or they're on rookie deals. And then special teams, $5.5 million, number 21. That's all Mitch Wisnowski at this point, right? Like, because Jake doesn't even make anything. But, Steph, I'm going to ask you this. The 49ers are doing something that is unconventional, meaning they're trying to win a Super Bowl without paying a quarterback, a high-end quarterback. How sustainable is this idea that they can go against the grain when there are four or five guys, four or five real elite guys? Everybody wants an elite guy. I love that. Oh, I want an elite guy. Yeah, well, so do 25, 26 other teams because that's how that's that's the definition of elite, that there's only a few of them. They're not growing on trees. But the 49ers are definitely trying to do something that is against the grain and unconventional, wouldn't you say? I think any time that a team has the opportunity or the opportunity falls on their lap where they have a rookie quarterback and that rookie quarterback ends up, you know, being pretty freaking good. Um, You know, I think all of them kind of look to take advantage of that and look to build elsewhere. Right. Because you know, like, Oh, I got a cheap quarterback room or, you know, I don't have to spend a lot on a quarterback. Let's build elsewhere. Let's get all these free agents and, and let's sign these big deals. Um, And so I think that's what the 49ers are doing. So, yeah, it is unconventional because a lot of teams spend on, you know, veteran guys for the most part. Um, And eventually, you know, you got to pay your dues, right? Eventually you got to pay those uh, rookies um, who end up becoming vets. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's smart on their behalf. You know, it makes sense that they want to go the cheaper route. And DL being number one on their spending – that's not possible unless like the quarterback room is as cheap as it is. Right. 100%. So I think it, I think it makes sense. I think they see how important and they've known this, how important the trenches are, especially like you saw like the Eagles last season who offensive line and defensive line just dominated all season. Right. And they oh, spent a except lot. For the, 
Except for the Super Bowl. Oh, well, well, Steph, they played on a wet field. We'll talk about that right after this. Go for it. Oh, will we? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, like, so, obviously, like, the trenches are important. They they see Brock Purdy as a guy who can win them games. He wins games like a veteran. Like, he just has that poise that, that a veteran already has. But he calls it he costs less than a million dollars, like around 800 K or something like that. So yeah, Mm -hmm. like you look at the number that was like, I think 14 million or something like that. That is mostly Trey Lance. um, Who is at about 9 million, I believe. So, I mean, yeah, let's, let's build elsewhere. Let's, let's bring these deals. Nick Bosa, by the way, you're saying that number was going to skyrocket. It might actually go down. Go down. That's good. That's a good point. If you think about it, because you know, the way that they stagger the, the years mm-hmm. on the contract, Good point. it'll probably go up, but this year will probably go lower. So who knows? They we've been talking about oh the 49ers have like you know 10 million in cap space. They they got money they could spend. Like they might get a little more extra money after the Bosa deal, right? So who knows? Maybe they could bring someone in uh after that. We'll see after camp and whatnot, but or they can bring it into next year. But I feel like the 49ers are in a good spot, you know, in terms of roster construction and in terms of their money i don't feel like they're in a spot where they got to cut players you know or they're not like the saints were you know a year ago they're not like where the rams were um you know a year or two ago so i think they're in a good spot and they're going to continue to play it smart so it is unconventional but i think it works for them right now Absolutely. And and I did a I did a podcast for Buffalo Rumbling. Shout out to Jay Spencer King. Uh, Rob, Jay Spencer says what's up and uh, he misses you and everything. And the sentiment from when you speak to either other content creators or other fans is you have everything but the quarterback. And God help all of you if the 49ers figure out the quarterback position long term, because Kyle Shanahan's offense evolves every year. Just when you think, oh, well, they're going to start stopping that and you can stop the run. Why hasn't that ever happened? Why is it that the offense can pretty much get what they want as long as the offense plays on schedule, as long as the quarterback delivers the ball, right? You have this abundance of playmakers. That's the sentiment around the league is God help everyone if the 49ers figure out this quarterback position and don't let them get a guy. But then that all comes back to, I love Kyle, can't evaluate the position. What you want and what is needed to win a Super Bowl might be two different things, might be two very different things. Operating the offense is one thing. Having someone lift your offense is a whole other thing. And I don't know if Kyle has been able to separate that right now from he tried, he thought that's what he was doing with Trey Lance. And as quickly as he realized that this is going to take more time than he thought is as quickly as you see all this. Plus it doesn't help that Brock Purdy was incredible when he played. So The spending makes sense roster-wise all the way through. The one thing that's a little concerning is offensive line and how much you pay, right? Like, I understand. Banks and Burford are essentially rookies and second-year players. That's okay. They're on on their rookie deals. Jake Brendel's cheap, and Colin McKibbis is cheap. Trent Williams is the man, but would would it – really behoove you maybe to like take one contract from another position and maybe put it into offensive line instead um that's the thing and then you have to remember the options that are available you can't just 
you know, just say, hey, uh, there's a guy available and he plays the position we need just because he's available. Let's pay him. I don't think you can do that. Right. Either. So there are a set of circumstances, I think, that we're kind of overlooking when it comes to that. But the offensive line being number 17 and Mike McGlinchey just went and got a bag, you know, for the Denver Broncos. It feels like if there was any place other for you to spend, it would be offensive line. That's where I would send the money. I, I, I don't know if that's you. I like I do agree with that. I would like them to be, I guess, bigger spenders in, in the offensive line market. But at the same time, like that market is so uh, how should I say it? Like average players or slightly right. above average players get get paid, get big contracts. And I just don't see the 49ers willing to do that. And I don't even know if I'd be comfortable doing that. Let's see. Like, let, let's just toss a question out there. Would you guys have wanted Mike McGlinchey back if it meant paying him as much as the Broncos are paying him right now? Let's, no. Let's th- exactly. So, no. that and that's like the struggle, right? There's not a, a good balance there for offensive line. When good guys become available, they, they get paid um, enormously. And so I think you'd have to do something similar to how you acquired like Trent Williams where, you know, you get them, you know, via trade. And then you're able to negotiate a contract however you want with him versus like in free agency when you're competing with like a whole bunch of other teams and you got to, you know, keep raising the price and whatnot. Um, Also think that the way that their scheme works is they're able to get players who cost maybe a little bit less. You know, you think of your, your Jake Brendel's, your Colton McKivitz, well, Colton McKivitz, they drafted him, but, um, you know, just players of the past that they've brought in, I'm thinking depth pieces as well, who they can bring in and basically coach up to play better than their contract, essentially. So I think they know they can do that, you know? So Mm -hmm. I I don't think they feel that spending that offensive line is a huge need. But at the same time, they were doing that for a few years with the running back position, right? Before they eventually said, oh, hell. Like we, we need like an elite dude. Let's go get Christian McCaffrey. Right. So at some point you wonder if they'll get tired of just like, you know, scrapping at the offensive line uh, and, and maybe go the more elite route, you know, granted they do have Trent Williams. So that is pretty elite in my book, but it'd be nice if they had another guy. (laughs) It's it's the best, Um, but you know, it'd be nice if they had another guy, at least like an, uh, if their tackle was also uh, right tackle was also elite right which you know i don't know what cold mckibbs is going to look like but i have a feeling he's not going to be uh you know top 10 or anything so you know who knows maybe they'll just they'll eventually get tired of it and allocate some money into the offensive line but i get it right now i do get it just because the market is so gross like yeah, i would not be willing to pay some of these guys top dollar right like i heard a lot of sentiment like oh i want the guy from the falcons mcgarry and i'm like uh well did you guys watch him play he's actually poor in pass blocking he's good in run blocking it's like you're literally talking about replacing him with an expect like the same kind of type of player that mcglinchy was that's the funniest part about watching people well i want mcgarry okay well do you realize like what he is so i just think that's funny but again i do think that the offensive line is limited to who's available in the draft see this is this is kind of where i'm at with it too Blake Freeland's available at a certain pick, and I'm not going to talk about what pick he was available at. Blake Freeland's there, and he's a guy who literally clones like Mike McGlinchey, and the offense ran pretty fine with that as well too, right? Like in terms of 
running the ball and all those things. And who knows if he took that step that we all hope Mike would in pass pro look at where you got him and look at what you would possibly have to pay him for the beginning. So the real way to build is through the draft offensive line throughout the years. Like when there's a free agent, it's more based on, well, he's just been healthy and we just need a guy who's going to stand upright for 16, 17 games. The premier guys don't hit free agent market. Like that just does not happen. If you have a guy that is a high end guy, they're going to get locked in. So, the 49ers have kind of built this team with the offensive line that fits their scheme, like you said, and also is cost efficient. And, and it's just, again, it's it's a it's a fascinating way to look at the way the 49ers have built this roster because everyone agrees. All they are missing is just that high-end quarterback. And if they do get that, it's over for everybody else because of where they are, even if there are the, the injury issues throughout the year. They have enough depth. One through 53. There's going to be guys that get cut from this 53-man roster that are good football players that are going to end up playing somewhere else immediately. You ever wonder why a 49er player gets cut and auto- automatically someone signs them and automatically they get something out of them? The 49ers have an eye for talent. They just haven't been able to get the most important position down. All right, Steph, it's time to cook. You brought it up. Today is the 4th of July. The Super Bowl was February something. The Eagles will not stop crying about what happened in the Super Bowl because of unfortunate circumstances. But you know what? The 49ers got to be quiet about that. Can I talk real quick? Can I talk my shit real quick? Go, kid. The Kansas City Chiefs played on that same exact field, bud. It's not like when you were on the field, they had that field, and you're slipping and sliding all over the place. And then when they got on the field, they put – their field down and the Chiefs had an advantage. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. What happened was your defense got beat by the offensive line. And when they did, it exposed your secondary because they're not good against motion. Kyle Shanahan wanted to do that. Brandon Graham, I like you a lot, man. You were really nice to me at the Super Bowl. Answer my question. You're a really good guy. Blessed? You played on the same field as them. Now let's take it back. The NFC Championship game. Well, they got to let it go. I don't want to hear it that their quarterback was injured. Things happen. Tell that to yourself, Eagles. Now who's crying? You. All of you. Look how quickly those turntables turn. And look at you. Look at you. Unbelievable. Look how quickly that happens. So the 49ers who lost a quarterback and they were frustrated about it because they had a game plan that was going to score on you. They can't say anything about that outcome. Now I agree. The 49ers talked about it way too long, but I also will say that while we're at the Super Bowl, every single 49er that had a mic shoved in their face was asked about the, the NFC championship game. So what were they supposed to say? Were they supposed to say, Oh, we thought we were going to lose. No, they were frustrated and they felt like they were robbed of an opportunity, but you Philadelphia Eagles, Look at you now. All of a sudden now. Oh, no, the field. And, oh, we got robbed of an opportunity. How funny is that? Cry more. And we'll see you in December again. We need our lick back. Don't cry anymore, though. I don't want to hear anything more about the Super Bowl. It's over. You had your chance. You scored how many points? Jalen Hurts had a great game. By the way, uh, Jason Kelsey, I know that's your man. Jalen Hurts put up the best Super Bowl performance ever. Steve Young exists, pal. Grow up. Tired of the Eagles, man. 
They're really making me mad now. I never thought that they would become a rival, but they're literally doing the things that they were chastising the 49ers for doing. And they're still talking about it on July 4th. Go to a barbecue, get ready for camp, suck it up. It's over. You lost. Just like you told the 49ers. I'm done. It's true, though. Like, every every time that, like, a team loses, like, their fans are going to be upset. Players are going to be upset. That's just, like, a natural reaction. And then when it's time for the opposing team to lose because, you know, like the Eagles did, they're like, oh, wow, wow, you guys were complaining, all this. All their fans, too, were saying the exact same stuff. You guys still crying about it. Justice was served. Let's just say that. Because, you know, karma, karma's a bit. Uh, bleep it out, Rob. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, we gotta do that like at least once an episode, you know? Right. I, once an episode. It's a running joke, for sure. 100%. Bleep it out, Rob Quota. Um, but yeah. So I don't, you know, I don't pay attention to anything like the Eagles say these days. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad that justice was served. And I'm glad they're still talking about it because you know what hurts more than losing an NFC championship game? Talk to Losing a Super Bowl. Oh, we even know about that. Damn. So. Well, I just I think it shifts the blame from the fact that Andy Reid cooked in that second half. He yeah. realized that he can get you with the motion to the point that they ran the same play in the red zone two and three times, and you had yeah. no idea how to stop it. And you guys were confused, looking around at each other. That has nothing to do with the field. What does that have to do with the field that Sky Moore was wide open and he scored a touchdown on the Super field. Bowl? <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious. Look, look. Stop talking about us. Worry about yourself. And all those things you said about the 49ers and the 49ers players and their fans, look at you now. Ooh, I can't wait for that game. That game has way more juice now because it's funny to me how the turntables turn. Philadelphia Eagles fans and players, quiet down. Go to your barbecues. Get ready for training camp. Enough. You lost. You lost. You lost the game. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus this is uh the, the the last segment we'll probably do right so i wrote an article on niners nation about the odds for 49ers players and season awards so that's mvp offensive player of the year defensive player of the year offensive rookie of the year defensive rookie of the year let me just tell you this the 49ers have no chance of winning offensive rookie of the year sorry jake moody not gonna happen. Okay. That, that, so we can we could probably just jump over oh, jump right over that one. That. <laughs> we can jump right over offensive rookie of the year. We could jump right over that one. But <laughs> um MVP. MVP is a quarterback award, Steph. And I just wanted to talk about and now remember, these 
these odds are as of the 31st of August. They're subject to change based on injuries. They're subject to change based on, you know, uh, on team building and, and whether they'll be ready to go. So Patrick Mahomes is plus 700. He leads the pack. Plus 750 is Joe Burrow. Plus 800 is Josh Allen. Plus 1100 is Jalen Hurts. Now, when we start to look down the list, it's still all quarterbacks. Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Tua, and Justin Fields, Dak Prescott are all tied at plus 2,000. Deshaun Watson's right after plus 3,000. Geno Smith, plus 3,500. Jared Goff, plus 3,500. Brock Purdy is the highest 49er odd plus 4500 but you know who's right behind him for mvp it's funny steph who <laughs> plus 5000 trey lance kurt cousins daniel jones and jordan love talk to me about that a little bit uh, well that's interesting trey lance first of all i guess like they still have no idea who's going to be the starting quarterback for the 49ers um I, you know, I don't, there's no chance that, you know, a 49ers quarterback wins MVP this season. No chance that a 49er wins an MVP, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry, but, uh, Kirk Cousins should be higher, maybe potentially, um, that's Plus 3,500 Russell. Trey Lance, man. Even higher than, like, Mac Jones. Even higher than higher Jimmy than Garoppolo. Garoppolo. All right, so Jimmy Garoppolo plus 8,000. Christian McCaffrey is the only non-quarterback to be ahead of anybody at plus 8,000, and he's tied that's with certain. James Richard Garoppolo. What's up, buddy? You can't escape that's, you, huh? That's deserved, though, Christian McCaffrey. If there's any non-QB who would win the award, yes. it, it could be Christian McCaffrey. For sure. He's so good. In, in a full season in this offense. So, plus 15,000. Devontae Adams, Aaron Donald, CJ Stroud, and hold on to your hats, people. Blaine Gabbert, plus 1,500. Plus 15,000. Blaine from? Gabbert. Because I guess they don't think that Baker Mayfield is going to start over there in who is spending their money on this? Uh, look, I mean, look, if you put money down on Blaine Gabbert to win MVP, you're you sick individual. Yeah, yeah like, call that number. <laughs> call that 1-800-GAMBLING number. Have, have an intervention. Make sure somebody gets to your house and takes care of you. But, <laughs> but look, in all honesty, this is a quarterback award. And a quarterback's going to win it. And that makes sense, right? That's why there's Offensive Player of the Year. Now let's move on to that. Offensive player of the year, and it's changed because there was one person ahead of the other. It's tied in the beginning with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson at plus 1,000, but Christian McCaffrey's plus 1,300. Steph, what does Christian McCaffrey have to do to win offensive player of the year? Honestly, like, I, I think if he does what he did last season to finish the season for a full season, for one, he has to stay healthy, right? I think that's going to be huge because we know if he is going to be healthy he is just naturally going to put up numbers so I think being healthy is the key for Christian McCaffrey and as long as he does that and he plays in these games he's going to be in the conversation all season long and he absolutely is going to deserve it and I think Christian McCaffrey probably has the edge over Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson just for the fact that he's a multifaceted 
player you know he can he can receive he can uh he can run like he he could probably get a thousand and a thousand receiving and rushing this season Mm -hmm. it's in the realm possibility if he does that give him the ward i mean i i love chase and and jefferson they're great players in their own right but mccaffrey for what he does i think it's just you very unique and i think that deserves an mvp award and I forgot to ask, uh, what is your prediction for MVP? What do you mean? Uh, like who, who I think who, will who, win? McCaffrey. Who, 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 no, no, no. This is Offensive Player of the Year for, for MVP. Oh, MV- oh MVP. Um, she, uh, it was Mahomes, probably Burrow. Patrick Mahomes. Probably, okay. probably Mahomes. I actually got Joe Burrow this year. I think, I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be going to the Super Bowl this year. Um, so I've got Joe Burrow at plus 750. Um, I like that. I do that like that. I like that. I like that because I – we need new blood, man. We need yeah. new blood. As good as the I Chiefs is, are, it's like... This is Joe's year, I think. I think I, now I they like, like really put it together. I like the Bengals a lot. Yeah. All right. So for the Offensive Player of the Year, I don't disagree with anything that you said in terms of Christian McCaffrey. My only concern is, is I don't believe he's going to play 17 games. Now, whether that means he plays 15 or 16, I'm fairly certain, and if there was a bet for this, is that Christian McCaffrey would miss a game this year. Um, who I'm going to put my money on for Offensive Player of the Year is Justin Jefferson for a few reasons. One, Adam Thielen's gone. Now they add Jordan Addison, right? There's going to be some extra targets. Kevin O'Connor wants to throw the football. Remember I talked to him at the uh, at the, the combine and I asked him, like, hey, can you throw the ball like 38 times to Justin Jefferson? He was like, not going to happen, pal. Like literally what he told me, he was like, you can't do that. But there'll be more targets for Justin Jefferson. He has a chance to score more touchdowns than last year. I think he only has six. That's really low for him. I think we should see 10 and up. Um he has the most yards of anybody in their age 23 year contract year. By the way, he's about to be the highest paid receiver in the history of the game when it's when it's time for his contract. So I'm going to say Justin Jefferson here. And it's only because I think that Christian McCaffrey is going to be injured one or two games. And Justin Jefferson is so important to them. Dalvin Cook's no longer there. Can Alexander Madison beat Dalvin Cook because Alexander Madison has shown it one or two games? I don't know if that's true. So they're going to throw the ball more, and I do think that there's a little bit more for him to achieve and a little bit more upside right there with him. So I'm going to say Justin Jefferson, but the only real question about Christian McCaffrey is his, his health. That's it. If, if Christian McCaffrey plays 17 and Brock Purdy plays and the offense looks like it did at the end of the year, I think you're going to be hard-pressed to get away from him just because of all the touchdowns and everything as well too. But he kind of has to prove that last year wasn't – the exception and is more the rule now going forward. So that's the only part that has me hesitant. If I had to put money down today, it's going to be on Justin Jefferson. All right. Defensive player of the year. Now I want to go full homer here because I got a bone to pick. Michael Parsons plus 650. Miles Garrett plus 750. TJ Watt plus 850. Nick Bosa, the reigning defensive player of the year, plus 1,200. What are we doing here? Now I will say this. All three of those guys are great players. And you have to remember, Miles Garrett and T.J. Watt got injured last year. So they really just made it Parsons and Bosa going back and forth. So they're back in the fold. So I think this is obviously thinking that they're going to play 17 games. Both of them are great players, by the way. But damn, the defensive player of the year that just won, plus 1,200, you're number four? That's what are nasty. we doing here? That's nasty work. Why? It's crazy because, like, as good as Nick Bosa is, and yeah, he does get national media attention. I still feel like he's disrespected. Like he easily, yeah. Like it's so weird. Like everyone always talks about Micah Parsons, like T.J. Watt. Thankfully, well, okay, no, okay, scratch that. 
It was if TJ Watt was healthy last season, like he would probably really get uh DPOY consideration as well, maybe even take the award. Also a beloved player uh in the NFL. Uh so I don't know, like both of those two players I feel like get talked about more than Nick Bosa when Nick Bosa's like he's at the tippity top, right? I mean, and to your point, these players are great as well, but I don't know. You you said it like reigning DPOI. How is he not higher on this list? Like, what are we missing? What are they? Well, uh, well, again, you know, Miles Garrett's back. So is TJ Watt. They're great players, man. Like TJ yeah, Watt, like record like, in his eyes. But why why can't Nick Bosa at least get like equal odds to like right. I don't know Miles Garrett at right. least? You know, right? I agree. So to kind of wrap up, you know, the rest of the way, Defensive Player of the Year, I, I still got Nick Bosa winning it. I don't care. I'm going full home run this one. I think Nick Bosa wins it back-to-back. Screw it. If I'm going to go homer, I'm going to go homer on this one. That's my prediction for this one. I'm, I, You know, honestly, I think uh, not because I don't actually think Nick Bosa will have a great season and maybe st- statistically better, but I think T.J. Watt just because the NFL loves him. Oh, wow. Steph, Steph predicting a big game for T.J. Watt in week one. You hate to see it. All right. <laughs> Offensive Rookie of the Year. I told you we can gloss over this. This is B. John Robinson's award. You'd be silly to put money on anybody else. And no 49er has a chance to win this award. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, this is a little bit tougher, but I did want to point out just this one thing. Jair Brown was the highest 49er drafted. And he's not listed. The only 49er that's listed for the Defensive Player of the Year is D. Winters at plus 10,000. Do they know something we don't know? Why? That's so weird. Like, I was yeah. going to say, like, yeah, of course he's not listed. He was he was drafted, like, in the third round. But, like, D. Winters was drafted in, like, the fifth. What What is what is going on? That's so weird right. to me. And then comeback player of the year is kind of interesting, but this is the DeMar Hamlin award. DeMar Hamlin, all he has to do is take one step on the field. This award is his. In fact, petition the NFL to change it from comeback player of the year to the DeMar Hamlin award. DeMar Hamlin's got this, and the odds are minus 500. That's how good of a chance that everybody's giving it. All he literally has to do is get on the field. Now, for people that just want to laugh real quick, because we, you know, we, we press for time. Jimmy Garoppolo plus 3,000, Trey Lance plus 3,500. Brock Purdy's not listed at all, Steph. Not even listed. That's wild. No, th- these are crazy. What are we doing looking at these? I'm just it's good conversation. John Michi also is is recovering from cancer. That's a really good one plus 3000. That's yeah. that's another good one as well too, but this is DeMar Hamlin's that's award. But Brock Purdy's not listed at all. And does <laughs> and Sam Darnold has better odds to win the DeMar Hamlin award. Because he's coming back from sucking, just like Russell Wilson does. <laughs> Russell Wilson's right there um, on this this uh, this this thing here too. Foster Moreau is coming back from from beating cancer as well too. It's in remission. Like that's the thing. It's like comeback player of the year. Russell Wilson sucked last year. So did uh, so did um, Derek Carr. So did uh, you know Matthew Stafford was injured. Sam Darnold was trash last year. Except for the end, it's like, dude, did, how did many like. They did the same injury thing. Injury or comeback play. You're not coming back from injury. You're coming back from exactly. being garbage. Didn't they do the same thing the year that um, uh, God, what's his name? The the Titans uh quarterback. Oh, Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill. He won it. Yeah. Over he, Jimmy. He wasn't. 
Yeah, yeah. He he didn't come back from any injury, right? It was just he came because... he came back from Adam Gates. Yeah, exactly. I was so pissed that year because if, if there was any year that Jimmy Garoppolo deserved that award, it was that year. Yep. And then coach of the year, um, Dan Campbell's Sean Payton, Matt Eberflus, Arthur Smith are leading. This all makes sense. Everybody's going to be picking the Lions to win that division right now. That's a sexy pick. Sean Payton has a chance to turn around Denver and obviously is a great coach. That's a really good pick. If Justin Fields takes another leap, Matt Eberflus is going to look like a, you know, a great coach because they're going to win more games. And if the Falcons make the playoffs, Arthur Smith's going to look good. I think all four of those are really good chances to win. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's at plus 3,000 with, with John Harbaugh and Sean McVay. Whatever, man. I don't, I don't want to hear I mean, the John Harbaugh thing, I understand. But come on, man. Sean McVay, what are we doing here? But I'm going to tell you my pick. And this isn't exactly Homer, but it is Homer. Give me Mike McDaniel at plus 2,000, man. I think if two is upright for the whole year, they're going to score points. But their whole defense, the only other defense that's better than them in the AFC East is the New York Jets. They have a stacked defense. Not only just Jalen Ramsey, but you're talking about Jalen Phillips and all those guys on the defensive line. The Miami Dolphins are going to win a bunch of games. Give me Coach Mike plus 2,000. Shout out to Coach Mike. We still love you, buddy. For that money, I, I do like that one a lot. I think even yeah. Tomlin can sneak up in there, too. Mm-hmm. Yep, as well, too. All right, guys. Fourth of July, we don't want to keep you for too long. Make sure you guys go out there, have a good time, spend time with your family, go to barbecues, eat hot dogs, even though Steph hates them. Um, but, yeah, you know, make sure you guys subscribe to all of our channels, Steph's channels at Steph49K, mine, Jason Aponte, the Gold Standard Podcast Network on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the Gold Standard Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcasts. Uh, Gold Standard, GSN Podcast on, on Twitter, GSN49ers on Instagram as well, too. So for Steph, for Jay, enjoy your, your 4th of July, but we're out of here. Peace.